0: Well, good morning, unions. Uh, Where am I? I'm at Harmony. I've had my brains going everywhere. Hey, that is a Freudian slip that is a compliment. Make no mistake about it. Make no mistake. I said to my wife this morning when we were singing one of those songs, Salvation Belongs to Our God, we sang that up where I used to be in our best days ever. And it felt like that. So that was a compliment. So don't be on my case. Go pray about that. Anyway, today I am, uh, you may have noticed in the bulletin, the title of my sermon is Faith Factor Seven, and there's a very secret reason that I use that title, because seven comes after six. But not only that, it's also the number of perfection and completeness, for those of you who know anything about Bible numbers. The Lord hates six things, yea, seven. That's always the final word, if you will. And today's the final word, I'm going to be done. We're talking about upward, inward, and outward. And when we think of outward, there are times that we get to put our hands to things that help reach out into the community. How many of you remember doing something with something that looked like this a year ago? Guess what? We're going to do it again. How fun is that? And Tara from My Choice Center is coming to share with us for a few minutes this morning. Tara, welcome. She goes to one of our sister churches with an excellent pastor named John Torres, who I love dearly. God bless you. Welcome.
1: Good morning, and thank you for having me here. Um, So I volunteer for My Choice Pregnancy Center, and it's really an honor to um, support a program that supports life, Um, and and it's to too well-needed and it's it's the only pregnancy center Okay, Okay, so it's the only pregnancy center that's actually located in Orange County so it's really important that we um, do support them in any way we can whether it's volunteerism or in other ways Um, so My Choice Pregnancy Center empowers women through education, compassion, community resources um, and to confidently choose life Uh, for their unplanned baby. So what we are is a legal medical clinic. We're professional, accurate, friendly, supportive, private, and accepting. We do not and are not manipulative, fake, fear-based, controlling, judgmental, guilt-based, or an abortion referral. All of our services are provided at no cost to the women that come to us. They receive pregnancy tests, ultrasounds, um, SDI testing and treatment, local transportation. One of the things I find that's really great, what they do, is they have referrals for health insurance for WIC, for Healthy Families, which is a, a state organization that um, assists them with gathering other resources that they need. Educational opportunities and church referrals. They do adoption referrals, and every single woman that walks into one of our offices receives the gospel message. So where we do it. So we have two offices, one in New Windsor and one in Middletown. Middletown is open Mondays and Wednesdays, Mondays from 10 to 4, and Wednesdays from 11 a.m. to 5 p.m. And New Windsor is open Tuesdays and Thursdays, Tuesdays from 10.30 to 4.30, and Thursdays from 11 to 7 However, if there is a need for women to see um, uh, someone at one of our offices outside of those hours, they are able to do that. They just need to make sure they have an RN available to be in the office with them so they can provide um, an ultrasound and um, other testing for them. So in these pictures, you see the first room is um, our New Windsor office. The second is um, our Middletown, and the third, of course, is uh, one of our um, private rooms for them. Our offices are clean and they're modern. There is friendly staff and it's a comfortable atmosphere. The women receive genuine respect and non-judgmental support. We have licensed nurses, legal uh, medical information and professional care for them. So what we do is we do community outreach. So we do that through school and health fair presentations um, with Healthy Life Choices. Sexual risk avoidances and sexual health education, Connections with community resources. Educational referrals. Church referrals, which, as you are, we need to bring them in and support them and and uplift them. Post-abortion care education, which, again, I think is really vital because so many women regret past choices, and they need to know that through Christ they can be forgiven. And preparation classes for non-patients. So with our staff, we have one paid director, a paid nurse, a paid nurse manager, um, an advocate, three volunteer advocates, and um, many outreach uh, volunteers, which is what I do. Um, We are a CareNet affiliate, so we are approved by the New York City Archdiocese, and we use a 15-step medical process developed by Compass Care. Our medical offices are under the care and overseen by two medical doctors. There's Dr. Craig Abnott, who is our medical director, and he is a family specialist um, medical doctor out of Monroe. And Dr. Dominic Aro, who is an um, OBGYN specialist out of Goshen and who has been practicing medicine for 25 years. So how we do it? We do it through professionalism, education, and compassion. All of our volunteers, staff, board members, are professing believers in Jesus Christ as their Lord every shift is covered by scripture, by prayer, and a submission to the workings of the Holy Spirit. I have to know, they, they um, read, before they start their shift, they read scripture and they pray together um, for the staff and for the women that they're serving. So it's really awesome. So one of the things that they um, they wanted to get out there is um, how many people are they helping um, here in Orange County? So in the, literally the past year, from August 2018 to 2019, they've helped 180 new patients. They've done 135 ultrasounds, 139 pregnancy tests, over 600 total correspondence, and that's by email, phone, text message. Um, they've had 148 new client visits and 47 return visits. And one of the statistics I think you see on the the screen there is that 63% of the women that walked into our offices were non-believers, but before they left, they heard about Jesus Christ. So I'm just going to read a couple of these quotes. I do have these um, as well as some other items on the back table if you want to have a deeper look at them. But some of the quotes are, I wish I knew this was here. Thank you for services, they were tremendously appreciated, and your staff is highly sweet and understanding. You were there when I needed you most. Very caring and understandable, Love the compassion they have, and everyone was nice and calming. And we have two testimonials, which I think is beautiful to see. So the first one's TJ, and she's 42 years old, when she came into the office, with health issues. She had two grown daughters and had recently had an abdominal surgery, and she thought she might be about seven weeks pregnant. She felt she could not handle having another baby, and she was shocked when the ultrasound showed that she was actually around 12 weeks pregnant. When she realized her and her baby survived the medical surgery, she knew she had to continue with the pregnancy, and her daughter, Heaven, has truly been a gift for her. I apologize. I get emotional with this. My Choice gave T.J. the free services that she needed to be able to choose life. And T.R. came to our Middletown Center last year saying that she was happy and excited about her pregnancy. And only after the baby girl that she had did she disclose that she was actually intending to have an abortion, but changed her mind after her visit with our office. She said My Choice gave her the freedom to process this life-changing decision in a caring environment without pressure or blame. And these little ones and their mamas are the reason we do what we do. (laughs) So how can you help? First and foremost, by prayer. Lift us up because as a Christian organization, they are attacked um, in many different ways. Financially, um, one thing they do ask, if you're able, is to do a a monthly contribution. So for them, it's like a paycheck. Um, When they have that monthly contribution from people, they know what they have, and it helps them plan ahead because they are trying to expand and work with other organizations. Social media, like them on Facebook and Instagram, share their stories. Let them, um, again, you, you heard with it some of the testimonies that people don't know that they're there. So help share their information. Take some of the materials that we have on the table and pass them out to people that you know. Spread the name and mission to fellow believers and um, from other churches. Run a bottle fundraiser like you're doing here. Um, but also in Bible studies, um, if you're in one that's outside of the church or here at church, run one within the church as well, you know, within those Bible studies. Train as an advocate, a phone advocate, nurse or board member, community outreach, church outreach, organizing, following up and more. So one of the financial ones I just wanted to mention to you because it's not listed on here is this cute little USA choose life, um, thing that you can put above or below your license plates. It is a $25 uh, yearly fee, but 20 of that 25 goes directly to My Choice. So there is a form in the back if you want to take one home today. Um, a check could just be made out to My Choice, or um, you can uh, email them and they'll, they'll send you the information. Okay? And that. So My Choice, we invite with open arms, we engage with open hearts. We inform with open minds, and we encourage with open spirits. And most of all, we love no matter what. Thank you so much for having me here.
0: Thank you, Tara. When I come with that many books, you know you're going to be here a long time, right? You're, you're all plan I just want you to plan ahead. Let me get rid. What's that? Oh, yeah, they got a meeting downstairs. I'll behave. We will be done. So <laughs> thank you so much. Um, and these are fun and easy, right? Just go home, empty your couch. Look under your driver's seat, and if you're like me, I have a, I have a glass mason jar that I keep dropping every time I have change. You know, I just turn it over and fill it up. How soon do you need these back? It's October. 6th. Oct- oh, I got a lot of time. Okay, because last time I just went <laughs> into two of them and sent them back. That was good. All right. Well, this morning uh, we are going to talk about. Uh, Upward, inward, and outward one last time. But as I start, I was thinking about two things. One, while we were worshiping today, which, by the way, was an awesome time of worship, wasn't it? And um, if you haven't noticed, the Spirit's been stirring here and working with us, and we want to keep cooperating with that. And if you missed it, sorry, Uh, keep coming. And uh, we're praying that God will not relax his hand from what he is doing. First thing I wanted to mention is if you're a visitor, you're a guest, we have a lot of visitors today. Some I know are are insiders and buddies uh, because I know them. I, I know a guy. Anyway, And uh, but there's also some people who are guests today, and if you're here, we're delighted you're here, and please take up uh, Mike's encouragement to use the little card to Fill out your information so we can at least make ourselves available to you to help answer any questions that you might have as you listen in today, okay? Um, the gathering that happens on a day like this in a church should be, not every church is. There's lots of buildings around that look like churches but don't necessarily meet for the reason we're meeting, we gather as churches because the the followers of Jesus Christ want to worship him and want to grow in the knowledge of him so that they can be more and more like him and following him in this world, right? That's why we're here. And uh, some people aren't in churches for that. They're in for political reasons or they're in because it's a habit or something that they were told they had to do to be socially acceptable, or look good on their resume, or whatever it might be, but those reasons are wrong. And so that's why we're here. And I was thinking about those who may be visiting and leaning in and wondering, what is this God thing all about? I remember a famous preacher that I sat under, and he used to use this phrase, you need to know that there's a God who made us, and there's a love in heaven with your name on it. There's a love in heaven with your name on it. He loves us. He made us. You know, we who have children, we understand. It's automatic. You just love your kids. God loves the human race. The problem with the human race is they rebelled against the God who made them. We've made a mess of the world. We love to blame God when things go wrong. But we're the problem. But that great God took it upon himself to rescue us. He not only made us. And human beings were made in His image. We're able to think God's thoughts after Him. Not as well as God, but we can think because He made us rational beings like Him. We can feel because we were made like Him. We can choose because we were made like Him. That's what it means to be made in the image of God. And He made us, and all the goodness of creation... And we rebelled, and we're in trouble, and it isn't working the way it's supposed to. But God cared enough to enter into the human dilemma in the person of Jesus, second member of the Trinity, as we Christians understand it, but gave his life to get us reconciled back to himself. So that's the high survey. And if we're here today and we don't understand that, we would love to unpack it with you later. The point being, there's a love in heaven with your name on it. You just have to be willing to grab it. God is, uh, uh, doesn't, uh, uh, you know, shove us in. Like, uh, I love that, that sharing, Tara, that, you know, we're not, we're not judgmental, we're not nasty, we're not that. We love you, we want to invite you in, your call, your call. So I wanted to give that as a little um, background for those who might be wondering. Now the rest of us who aren't wondering so much, although I know if you've gotten to know me at all, you're wondering about a great many things. (laughs) As we were singing this morning, I was thinking, what was the opening song, Mike, again? "Tis "'Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus." This refrain keeps coming back to me. This is for those who have come to know Jesus. Famous, famous hymn attributed to Bernard of Clairvaux. Jesus, the very thought of thee, with sweetness fills my breast. Verse 2 and verse 3, listen to this. No voice can sing, no heart can frame, nor can the memory find a sweeter sound than thy blessed name, O Savior of Mankind. Here's the one I love. O oh, hope of every contrite heart. Hear that? O oh, hope of every contrite heart. O oh, joy of all the meek. To those who fall, how kind thou art. How good to those who seek. But what to those who find? Ah, this, no tongue nor pen can show. The love of Jesus, what it is? None but his loved ones know. How I've proved him over and all. Really? See, some of us, it's been a cultural experience. I've never been at a point where I had to put him to the test. God actually says, Put me to the test, not in an obnoxious, sticking my tongue out way. Don't get me wrong here, brother, okay? Don't don't get me wrong. (laughs) But see if I won't come to your aid, see if I won't rise up and do something. Have I learned that how I can trust him, how I've proved him over and over? Jesus, Jesus. Yeah, it's all true, right? Those of us who have been through many battles, toils and snares, uh, know that he's trustworthy and he comes through and he can actually help us in the here and now with the junk we're dealing with. I guess I'm preaching my sermon before I even get into my sermon because it hit me, is it? Am I going to get in trouble? Okay. I'll I'll unpack my thoughts a little bit later about where we're as believers, and sometimes we're not even believers we think we are, but when we are believers and we're stuck in the weeds, that you don't have to stay there. And we don't think of him as the living God who wants to get his hands down in our stuff and actually help us. So that's kind of where I'm going. Okay, so let's look at faith factor number seven, Colossians chapter four. I'm actually going to read the text at the end of the sermon because it's kind of self-explanatory. It doesn't really need a whole lot of explication. It kind of just says what I'll be talking about as we work our way along. So let's go back and review for just a minute. Number one. First, we said you have to start upward, inward, outward. You have to start upward. For those of you who wonder what we're talking about is we're talking about what we're trying to get into our DNA as an assembly. We've been trying to change. You you love this word. I know you love the E word. Ethos, right? We're trying to change the ethos from being stuck in certain routines and traditions and maybe a club mentality about the church. It's kind of irrelevant. I put up with it. I drag my carcass to church once a while because I have to. To something that's alive and real and that feeds me and, and, and brings life into my experience, right? And uh, I, that's why I was saying. This morning, worshiping, I was like, I turned to my wife. I started to weep. I said, something's going on here it's cool. I just might get saved. <laughs> Keep praying. <laughs> Sorry. So, so what we have to build into our DNA is, an, is a mindset of looking upward, because if you don't see God first, everything else is going to get out of whack. I've got to see him first. That's what keeps me straight. The, the love of Jesus, what it is, none but his loved ones know because they look to the cross and it resets their compass every time they get off track. So I'm going to read a couple of things about that. So we started with seeing God first, the God of creation, the God of redemption. And on top of all of that, he not only redeems us and wants to welcome us back into relationship with him and give us eternal life. By the way, you are going to live beyond now. You are of eternal weight. God made us that way. We're going to live forever. The question is, where and how? God has provided the way for me to be with him in bliss forever. And it's not sitting around on on a cloud reading a magazine, okay? As some people think, we got a little harp, twang. That's all... Boy, heaven's going to be awesome. We're just going to worship God forever. Twang! Really? It's going to be a lot more fun than that. I suspect I'm going to get to build a log cabin. Later. Not now. Later. That would be so much fun. Woo. So, God is the creator, the redeemer, and on top of all of that, He invites us now into partnership with him to have an eternal project. The enterprise of the gospel, he includes us in it. He invites us into it. And I I can't tell you how encouraged I am. Numbers of us connecting with people who, who are outside the fold. It's awesome. And uh, seeing some really good things happening. So recall, we saw that God, a few weeks back, gave gifts to the church. That's the church is his people. When you hear the word church, don't think of a building. It's who? The people of God. It's the people who have come to know Jesus and are following him. Am I being clear enough this morning? just want to make sure. And if somebody said no, I'd say, okay, someone else come up and preach. God gave gifts to help us. Remember that passage in in uh, the book of Ephesians. I'm going to put the tale of it up. He gave some as apostles, sent ones, missionaries, some as prophets. You need prophets in churches. Yeah, oh, no, that's the old that's back in the day of G- no. It continues to work. Prophets are the ones who say, friends, you're blind on this. This is right and this is wrong. Stop doing what's wrong, do what's right. Prophets speak that way, right? They exhort, they encourage, they challenge, they correct. And some evangelists, always been jealous of them. I'm serious. I got born again listening to Billy Graham. Some of you probably have heard of him. (laughs) Trust me, I've been around. There are people who have no idea who I'm talking about. I say, I came to know Jesus through Billy Graham. Who? (whistles) Don't know. But that's okay. He's an evangelist. If you're in ministry, you're jealous of people like that, right? Right? No, I'm not. Well, you're more spiritual than I am then, okay? Because I have been on occasion. Oh, wow, you know? But that's their thing. They have this gift that's from God that brings people to a point of decision, and they make a decision to follow Jesus. That's how I became a Christian. Can I be honest? I don't even remember a word he said the day I got saved. Don't remember a word he said. I just remember the lights came on. went, That's a Holy Spirit thing. Are you getting it? Right through the TV set. Anyway, come and lay your hands on the TV set. Anyway, no. No. Everybody, calm down. (laughs) Sorry. I I will admit, for those of you who are visiting, I have a lot of fun doing this job, but um, I am seeing a therapist, so it's okay. God gave gave gifts to us, we're going to leave that up, so that we can co labor. Isn't it the nature of God to give gifts? For by grace you have, earlier in this book, by, by who can tell me what reference? Ephesians 2, 8, 9, very good. By grace you have been saved through? And that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not as a result of works that anyone should boast. God rescued us, he gives a gift. He's the giver of gifts. Every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father of lights. Every time I pray at a wedding, that's what I say. I, I pray that prayer. Would, Pastor John, would you pray for the meal? Yes, I would. And I pray that very verse from James. Every good... Get, are you going to get me off track? Promise? You mean with one or Both. Yeah, we co-labor with one another, but Paul says we are co-laborers with God. Wow. Can you... What a privilege How can anything be more important than an eternal enterprise? You think the job you do that pays you is a big deal? It can be if it's an eternal enterprise, right? He's got us all in a place where we can be his servants. Wow, so beam, beam. Yeah, you're going to get beamed up, Scotty. Eternal, not that enterprise. Okay. Whether it's big or small, doesn't matter how large the ministry, we are co-laborers with God. So God is a God who gives gifts. He's the reason. Why are you here? Because you were made in the image of God. He loves you. You have value. There's an eternal purpose for your life. Don't give up on it. Some people are giving up left and right today. No challenge, no no... Anyway, I'll stay on task. Life matters. We're not an accident. And God is in the business of rescuing his lost people. So he gave apostles, prophets, evangelists. I already parked on that enough. And some have my gift, pastor and teacher, for what? The equipping of the saints. That means mending the saints and, and training them to do the diakonos, to do the work of service, to do what? Build up the body of Christ. Here's oikodomeo. Oikos. Anybody know that word? Yes, house, right? Like a house church. Oika. It's household. To build up the household of Christ. To build. Block upon block. So, the church is supposed to be built up by the gifts that God has given them. Does that make sense? Building us up. And we're going to look at this. Inwardly as well as outwardly. I understand. If if I may digress for a minute, don't you leave today till I pray over you? Okay, it's going for surgery. I i sorry. It came to my mind. You know, my ADD kicked right in. There it is. So don't don't leave. Sorry, I didn't see him earlier. It's his fault. He came in late. I don't know. I don't know. He's probably here early, right? <laughs> I just missed you. My bad pull it back in, on the track again. (laughs) Where was I? Building up the body of Christ. I understand people like small country churches. It feels cozy. Everybody knows each other. When we have prayer meeting, all our knees touch. So (laughs) encouraged. Right? God's intention is that the body grows. Spiritually and physically. I have to ask myself, is my comfort zone more important than what God has in mind? I have to ask myself that. So I've had people on occasion. And I don't, I, this is not to be nasty in any way. I love you folks. People. Everybody. Some people are offended at the word folks. Anybody here offended? I, gee, I don't know what's politically correct anymore. I just, anyway, you brothers and sisters, okay, I love you. I've heard people. I don't, I don't, want, I don't want the church to grow. Why, why do you hate Jesus so much? I don't get that. I do. My primary job where my gifting falls is in building up our spiritual life. That's why I concentrate so much, and I'm probably driving you crazy, nagging you with your spiritual formation, becoming more and more like Christ. But if I become more like him, who did he come to seek and to save? To build up his people, but to win those who are outside. So when we have the chance to have... Look at the money I put in here... got the wrong bottle. This was water. This is the one. The money I put in here is one small way I can contribute to the gospel going out to women in crisis. It's part of why we're here. So let's go back to that text. Thank you very much, Ryan. He's my miracle worker back there. The equipping of the saints for the building up of the body of Christ. Evangelism brings the building up oikos domeo building up the household of god did you know and the last comment on it the new testament as well as the old testament actually takes statistical numbers oh numbers don't matter well apparently they did to god he put him in the bible Not because we're about sales pitching and getting our numbers up to look good, to get federal endorsement or something. We want God's kingdom to be expanding, and that's why he paid attention to those things. And by the way, if it doesn't get your attention that in one day 3,000 people bowed their knee to Jesus, that's pretty impressive. When was the last time you saw that? How fun is that, right? Okay, that moves us on to the next thing. We need to see God first. See things from his perspective. What is he doing in the world? What's he trying to do in the church? Am I in alignment with that? Next, number two. And by the way, if you're a a note taker, first one is see God first. The second one is seeing ourselves both alone and in community alone and in community. You'd have to do some business with Jesus alone. Personal growth as well as corporate growth. What are we talking about? We're talking about maturity. We're talking about maturity. I want to read something just to reset the dial of what we were talking about. Anybody remember when we went through knowledge of the holy by Tozer? This guy loves to say things that just like make you realize you're kind of like uh, behind the eight ball a bit, right? talking about the living God. I'm going to skip this first one because it's too philosophical, if you will. But we tend to be disquieted by the thought of one who doesn't give an account to us for his being. He's not responsible to anyone. He's self-existent. He's self-dependent and self-sufficient. This is the God that we worship. And yet, the God that we worship, it's a God of grace, he's a God of grace, and grace is the good pleasure of God that inclines him to bestow benefits upon the undeserving. Anybody qualified? Yeah. I'm undeserving. This great God loves us and extends his hand to us and sends grace our way to bless us and bring us into king- the kingdom. How completely satisfying. Here's the, here's the thing, I meant to read this at my first point. How completely satisfying to turn from our limitations to the God who has none. Eternal years lie in his heart. For him, time does not pass. It remains, and those who are in Christ share with him all the riches of limitless time and endless years. Isn't that awesome? When you get in with Jesus, when you are in Christ, you get it all. Whether you're experiencing it all now, and even if your paycheck isn't enough right now, you get everything that he's got for his beloved children. And part of it is, he engages us in this eternal enterprise, but to get in step with him, I've got to see him first, and then I've got to look inside at myself and at my community and see, am I, in fact, maturing Am I growing in my walk, or am I just still stuck way back where I was when I first accepted Christ and I was introduced to the daily bread and I've never gone any further? Am I maturing, becoming more and more like the Lord Jesus? Last week, I don't think they're here today, but somebody handed me a... a, I love it when I say something and it provokes thoughts. And and they wrote something down, they gave it to me, and it was about, I had made, it was just an offhand comment that I made about, you know how when you're by yourself, you behave badly sometimes when you're having a hard time with something, and then somebody walks in the room and all of a sudden you get filled with the Holy Spirit, you know, all of a sudden you're, just like that. And uh, my point was how we we are so unconscious that God is actually there. If he was wearing clothes, it would make a difference, right? It's like, whoa, oh, there's someone here. But this sister said to me, you know how kids misbehave more in the presence of their parents because they know they're completely loved and accepted? And I went, that was a great insight. It was a great insight. Yeah. I don't want to show that to somebody else, but I let it out sometimes in front of God. And they added wisely. And by the way, this to me spoke to the reality of the relationship this sister had with Jesus. Because not only did she say, yeah, that can come out. But also then when we get our truck together, finally, after all the complaining, we repent and get realigned with the Holy Spirit. And all, Yeah. How cool is that? It's kind of neat. That's something to do with maturity, growing, security in God. And, uh, and that's a fundamental. You've got to get under your belt. Do you have that security? Do you understand that you're accepted in the beloved? You're accepted completely in the beloved. If you really are born from above, have become his child, you're accepted in the beloved. So let me read a couple of things. Oh, there's the note, as a matter of fact. I ad-libbed it, all right? Um, I gave this book to Pastor Tim Strait when uh, we were first getting together, The Christian Life, A Doctrinal Introduction. Sinclair Ferguson, an excellent, excellent uh, communicator and writer. And he had a couple of things in here that I thought were helpful that I might share if I could. And if I can get my fingers to work, here we go. First one talking about our growth in christ right the calling of the christian well let me start before that a person who is in the person who is a christian okay anybody counting in anybody (laughs) lives in a unique period of human history between the first coming of christ which inaugurated what the bible calls the last days did you know we're in the last days have been have been If you really understand your Bible, you don't say, oh, I think we're in the last days. You don't have to think that. Well, I know we've been in the last days since Jesus went home. That's what the Bible teaches, just so you get it straight. Oh, I heard that. All right. Inaugurated what the Bible calls the last days. The Christian is living in this period of history between that and the return of Christ, which will usher in the end of the world. Okay. Got that one. All right, next one. The calling of the Christian is to live a life that is consistent with his fellowship with Jesus in a world that is out of fellowship with Jesus. Oh, joy. (laughs) Meaning, sometimes it's stinking hard. Okay, but guess what? You have a friend who you can prove over and over and over to quote a song. Here's the danger. You've heard me say this before. I used to say it a lot when, when, uh, when our brother, uh, um, Kim, I can't think of your husband's name. What happened to me? Larry Bennett owned all the McDonald's, you know. Just because you're in McDonald's doesn't make you a hamburger, right? <laughs> sitting in a church doesn't make you a Christian. And sitting in a church doesn't mean you're maturing either. So here's the comment. A man can be outwardly conformed to the Christian way of life while he is inwardly conformed to the spirit of this world. And that was the great fault of the Pharisees. They were otherworldly in the most this-worldly way imaginable. Judgmental, nasty, superior, we know it all, smarter than everybody. They were smarter than Jesus. Sometimes it comforts me when I'm told how to do my job repeatedly repeatedly that the Pharisees didn't come to Jesus to learn anything. They came to attack him. They came to find out what was wrong so they could put him to death. Comforts me. Thank you, Jesus. I'm in good company. Amen? Okay, you heard enough. I'm going to leave the last one. In the interest of time, let me park on this thing pastors and teachers equipping the saints this is the last time i'm going to bring this up until i bring it up again (laughs) sorry sometime next month i'll be getting back into hebrews and you can't get around it because hebrews is all about it it's all about it and in the book of hebrews which i never got to was this section that said and you may recognize it by the way just a, a recap, going back to Hebrews, we'll, we'll, we'll get there and I'll unpack it all again later, but it was, it's like a letter to seminary students is the best way to understand the book of Hebrews. A bunch of Jewish seminary students who were, who were afraid of the persecution that was breaking out and wanted to undo being Christians, maybe. And that's why he says you're, all, you're babes And even though you should be teachers by now You still need milk Remember that section? You still need milk Because babies need milk They can't eat hardcore meat They can't do that And real meat requires some maturity To eat meat you have to you know have teeth that work And chew and you swallow it And etc. You get the idea Here's the way that verse continues. Hebrews chapter 5. This is all about seeing ourselves in our community. Solid food is for the mature, who because of practice, I love this verse, have their senses trained to discern good and evil. The mature are learning to discern what is right and what is wrong. Oh, but it has a verse on it. Who cares? Oh, they quoted a Christian. Who cares? I found it online. It's a reputable organ. Who cares? What does the scripture say? Those who are maturing have learned to discern good and evil. And I could talk about all the ways Christians have gotten derailed and had their lives destroyed. And I, in spite of my exhortation, don't go there. You're making a mistake. No, we're right. We're full of the spirit. You're a jerk. And later on, we're cleaning up the mess. So let me park on a story. I'm going to ask you to listen very carefully. And the reason I'm asking you to listen carefully is because I have experienced here multiple times preaching something and have somebody come back to me and say, you said this, and you had it exactly upside down from what I said. So I don't want that to happen. I don't want anybody to misunderstand what I'm saying. I don't want anybody to think, oh, he's a cold-blooded, no-good person, even though that's true. (laughs) <laughs> Sorry. So I'm going to tell the Pastor Martin story. It has nothing to do with your son. His name is Martin, and he's been a pastor. I'm just picked the name up to keep. You know, the names have been changed to protect the innocent, Change or as I like to say, to protect the idiots. You know, it's like one way or the other, I'm protected. I'm keeping it safe. Pa- I'm going to call it Pastor Martin's story. So. I want you to listen to this story And then we're going to unpack it Do we have our minds trained to discern Good and evil My wife is so scared I'm telling this story I'm telling you right now And I don't remember exactly which church She's got an opinion who it is I don't think it was But it might be And a couple of the details may not be accurate But it's pretty consistently the way it rolls So Cousin Vinny, I just saw that. So cousin Vinny is having surgery. Brother Vinny, he's a brother, He's having surgery. He's gallbladder, whatever. Gets through it, comes to church, worship time, sharing, gets up, starts crying. Pastor Martin came when I was having surgery, and he prayed over me. It was awesome. And I came through the surgery, and I'm good. And then when I woke up seven hours later, he was still there praying over me. It was amazing. And he was full of emotion and giving God glory until about six months later, something ticked him off and he left. Some of us are listening to that and say, wow, Pastor Martin is an awesome pastor. What a great pastor. I wish we had a pastor like that. And you don't what I said. You're, see, you're misunderstanding me already. People say, saying, oh, he won't go visit. I, I've, I do visit. I think it's right. I, I don't have a problem with praying over somebody. I think Brother Vinny and Pastor Martin both missed the will of God. One, because your self-importance that he had to be there for you for eight to nine hours to coddle your need When 350 people needed to be fed a huge meal on Sunday, which they never got because this was his habit, getting the approval of man instead of the approval of God, to feed people so that they would grow up and not be a bunch of little thumb-sucking fighters in the sandbox. And that's why that church blew sky high because we had immature people fighting like brats, like non-Christians, like we never should because they hadn't been matured. But he was a wonderful pastor, was he? I'm not judging. He's got to answer to God. I have to answer to God. I want to do my job. My job is to help you learn how to minister. They'll cry about you. (laughs) Don Hedden was there when I woke up. Thank God you woke up, right? <laughs> you get what I'm saying? Anybody following me? Yes. Oh, no, he said pastors don't have to visit anymore. That's not what I said. <laughs> I have other... Look, when Jesus said, if you want to be the leader, you've got to be the slave of all. How can I be all of your slave if you're going to tie me up 24-7 for five weeks in a row? The rest of you are out. Tough boogers. Did you? It's your fault. (laughs) Shirley's my friend. We went to Africa together. (laughs) Am I making sense? The pastor and the parishioner both miss the will of God because they don't have their senses trained to discern good and evil. God's will is to expand his kingdom, not coddle your flesh. Make you feel good every day. Guess what? God doesn't try to make you feel good every day. It's not my job to make you happy. Did you know that? And I'm good at not making you happy. It's not my job. My job is to help you become holy. To see things from God's perspective instead of your own. I got challenged this week. You know, I've got stuff on my plate. Usually people say, I know you're busy. And I say, you said that, not me. I usually push back on it. But I was challenged to make some appointments this week that were costly. But I did it. It was joyful. You have to learn to hear the Spirit to discern what is good versus what is evil. Both internally, am I wrapped up with me being coddled or do I want God's glory? And my congregation, are we walking in a way that pleases God or do I need to get off my duffer and start rebuking some people who are dishonoring Jesus publicly? This this is where I have to park for just a second. I, I was talking with one of our elders and I was thinking about the wreckage that some of us either are in in our spiritual life or we may be pondering or heading in a direction that we wish we hadn't later. And uh, anyway, my time's up, so I can't talk about that. Our marriage is struggling, you know, making mistakes with, with our children, a, a business problem. I've got, I've got this legal issue. I've got whatever. By the way, I'm not a lawyer or anything else, but here's the thing. Do we think God can help us? And why does God give leaders to a church to help? I don't want to interfere in all your details of your life. I don't. I don't have time for that. But when people are stuck, did you know there's a God who wants to unstuck you? And I've learned a few things about unstucking people over 45 years. God is faithful and He's good, and I've seen Him free people from junk. You think you're doomed to live in that stuff? You're not. You've missed it. See, God isn't real to us. That's why we need a faith factor seven. We need to see him as alive and real and active. It's not your spiritual life versus your normal, your your average, whatever. It's your life, period. He's interested in our life, period, John Ortberg says in his book, The Life You've Always Wanted. He's interested in our life. So I'm just encouraging. If we're walking by faith, it's like, I got to believe that God has something better in mind for me than this and living defeated and off the reservation half the time and trying to hide my dirt. He's good. You've got you to buck up and say, I'm willing to risk it with somebody. Somebody who can help me. Not a blabbermouth. Somebody who can help you. Doesn't have to be me, but God is the one who has to do it. So that brings us to our text today. I'm just going to read it and plow through and dismiss us in prayer. And all the teachers are going to go downstairs to their meeting on time so I don't hear about it. Because <laughs> my wife's down there and boy, I will hear about it. <laughs> Ready? Here's our text. I thought it was appropriate. You could pick any number of text. But here it is. From Colossians, the fourth chapter. This one fits perfectly. Devote yourselves to prayer. Keeping alert. By the way, keeping awake in prayer. Like, who am I talking to? I'm talking to the living God we sang about. He can move mountains. Devote yourself to prayer. Keeping alert with an attitude of thanksgiving. Oh, I could preach a whole sermon on that. But anyway, thanksgiving. Praying at the same time for us. Outward. Paul's on a mission that God may open to us a door for the word so that we may speak the mystery of Christ for which I've been imprisoned. We have brothers and sisters around the world imprisoned, or attacked or persecuted or killed because they name the name of Jesus. What's our excuse? Yes. Me included. I'm embarrassed in order that I may make it clear the way I ought to speak. So pray for mission. Pray for outreach. That's the last point. We have to get more outward focus. And some of us are getting it. It's awesome to watch. It's awesome to watch. God wants other people who don't know him yet to get into his family. He loves them. Next verse is the last. Conduct yourself with wisdom toward outsiders. That's the Bible language. We're the insiders. We know about Jesus. The outsiders don't. Make the most of the opportunity. Let your speech always be gracious. I appreciate that. We're we're not judgmental. We're not pushy. We're bullies. None of that at the center. I appreciate that. These idiot churches who put up signs how God feels about certain people. Just shut up and get off the planet, please. (sighs) If you think that's cool, you need to get born again. Let your speech always be with grace, seasoned as it were with salt, so that you may know how you should respond to each person. Act like you actually care about them. Love them. You don't agree with what they're doing necessarily. Jeez, I don't agree with a lot of... Some of you are doing stuff. I'm crying out loud. Okay. outward seeing others inside the camp and outside the camp. We need God to help us. Amen? And he is helping us. His spirit is working here. And we want to keep asking it to not let up. And all of God's people said... But I didn't pray yet. Everybody stand up. (laughs) Stop by the uh, My Choice Center table if you can. If you got change at home, fill up those bottles. How fun is that? And um, yeah, keep looking up. Let's pray. Lord, if anyone here today needs to know you, thank you that you're knowable. I love the way Dr. Ashley prayed. You're really not that hard to find. We make it hard. And we usually come up with great excuses why you're hard to find because we don't want to find you because that means I might have to change something. And yes, we do. We have to stop going the way of death and embrace the way of life. God, I want to thank you that back in 1971, you laid hold of me and took me out of a death walk and gave me life. And that life has been keeping me going All of these years, to your glory, I trust. And others can say the same thing in this room. You rescued us out of darkness, out of the miry clay was the old language. And you set our feet on a solid rock. Continue to build your saints. Continue to strive with us. Continue to love on your people here. Build us up in our most holy faith. We'll thank you in the great name of Jesus that we worship today. And all of God's people said... Amen and amen God bless you Teachers Right away